Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hi, my name is Marshall Hill. I'm with Total Auto Solutions. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. Or uh, if you're on TikTok, you can go find us at Detail Supply App. Or the best way to get in touch with me is just shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. As your guide through the auto detailing journey, hey, we are looking at ways that detailers can make $200 a car 30 to 40 cars a month and grow a business. Is that a thing that detailers can do? Well, it it actually seems very countercultural to the way a lot of brands and a lot of people have taught detailing over the years. Um, and that actually, you shouldn't go after wholesale guaranteed work every month and you should go at it a different way. Now, we all have different directions and different paths in our journey but today we're going to discuss an option that detailers maybe haven't really spent a lot of time digesting. But when we look at the model of going into a wholesale type place and bringing in volume, it just makes sense. All right, so let's hop in. We are super excited to be joined with Clayton. Clayton, uh, well, let's start off with the important stuff, man. What beer did you get for tonight? Man, I, I went with the, the Katie Pale Ale from Muskogee Brewing Company. It, uh, it's local. I'm over here around Muskogee, so I'm over in Fort Gibson. Uh, I know the guys that opened it up, and uh, it, it's a pretty good beer. All right. It's, Talk to us about it. Uh, it's, it's a little, little bit, uh, I don't know. There's a little bit of tang to it. Uh, there's a... I don't know how you'd explain it other than a, it tastes like a normal pale ale. Uh, it's smooth. <laughs> uh, is that what you like normally it. drink? Is that you normally go for pale ales? Is that kind of your go-to? Pale ales or IPAs um, or anything, Jack, mostly. But <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Coke is always my finish to the night. Most people like to start with liquor yes. and they say then go beer and you're, you know, oh, I, I actually go the other way. I go beer and then liquor. So I'm not sicker. You know, I oh, there my- you go. You know, I made that mistake in high school once. I, I just poured it straight into my Keystone. Ooh. Keystone might have been the issue in the first place, but <laughs> might have been the issue. No doubt. No doubt. Well, did you happen to be floating the river? Maybe. No, 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 no. It was one of those basement parties, 18, 18th birthday party. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Do you remember your first time to drink a beer? Oh, yeah. Uh, me and my buddy hit a Guinness um, over at my grandparents' house, and we got off school in middle school and walked over there and drank a hot Guinness, and we both went behind the tree and puked after we drank it, but yeah. we thought it was the best yeah. thing in the world. All right. My hot Guinness story was, uh, I did, I used to, I used to run. Right. Um, and, and one of my trainings, I actually, I tore my, uh, uh, my ab and my, uh, hip flexor, which is what I'm now trying to, to finish working out in my rehab, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, rehab that, yeah, I tore that like eight years ago. So that, that goes (laughs) to tell you how, uh, how bad, uh, how bad it's been. But so in one of those runs, I love to do those beer runs, like where you go run like uh, around the block and then drink a beer and then run them. Like there was one in the stadium that was a lot of fun. That one had like big, 
big, big containers of just canned beer on ice that you just reach down in and grab, right? Yeah. Sounds awesome, right? You're on a jog, reach down at a big thing, right? Well, the one here locally in Tulsa, they have a pub run that's held by a group called McNelly's. And they yes, put Guinness yeah. out. Well, they poured it way, I don't know, hours ago. So then once we got up to that first one, man, I'm, I'm going, oh, man, I'm so ready. For, I knew it was Guinness, and I'm so ready for a nice cold Guinness. I grab it. I didn't even feel like, didn't even, I just went, I went, oh, 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 like, oh, it was warm. Can you imagine warm Guinness after you've been running? Like, it was horrible. Oh, yeah. Man, Guinness. No good. No good at all. No, no, no. All right. Nice, nice, first, nice first story. Uh, so tell us, though. You said where you're from, but, you know, give us a little background, uh, how you grew up, you know, where, what were you like as a kid and all that stuff. Okay. So I originally grew up in Denver, Colorado. Um, I was a skater kid. I, uh, got my first job when I was six. What was your deck of choice? Um, I used the Denver shop, which was a local place, but if I go out before that, I, I used to skate on the alien workshop boards um and then blindside i had one or two of those but it, it was fun i i uh, broke a couple fingers and i feel it now every time i'm cleaning i'm like god and when i'm doing rims it's the worst i'll get i'll get arthritis in my fingers and i'm oh man <laughs> takes me back all right but, so you were skater how i mean did you go to the parks were you like you were you jumping was it ollies Can, yeah did you do an yeah ollie? we we're doing ollies kickflips yeah. stuff like that but we we didn't really go to the parks we'd always get kicked out of places we'd go to like banks or anywhere that we could find stairs um we got chased out of uh, the museum we skated in the museum one day just got tickets went in and brought our boards and got chased out by security i, I was one of those crazy kids growing up but lots changed. I, <laughs> but um, I uh, ended up getting a job over at a, a car wash over there um, in Denver. It was one of those gas station car wash places. It's called Waterway. Like and high that school? was my first. Yeah, high school. So when I was 16, that was my first introduction into cars, washing cars. So, but growing up over there, skating, snowboarding cars i worked on cars with my neighbor and my dad the neighbor had like a oh what was it like a 1968 stingray corvette that i helped him put a motor and transmission in when i was a freshman in high school so oh, that's cool took a lot of interest into it cars. yeah yeah grew up with them my uncle's been big on cars he took me to car shows growing up uh, always my initials spell out car, so I, f- I figured I should probably do something with that. <laughs> so why 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 detailing and why not mechanic or you know some other part of a car? Why'd you pick detailing? Well, I went into I worked at a Midas. I don't know. There's Midas's here, so um, yeah. I did the oil change thing for a while and tires. Just wasn't a huge fan of it. And then I had a buddy that. Um, got me on over there at that car wash and another buddy was like hey go try to do mobile and i did that i washed my first car it was like a an old 86 beamer uh it was one of my friends my dad's friends and i washed his car 
it had my dad's old shot back. It was this little tiny thing that was called a stainer. I mean, it it was this tiny thing. It was horrible. I'm uh, just sitting there going like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, trying to get it out. Not much working. I didn't know what I was doing. I got all the yeah, chemicals yeah, yeah. out of my dad's garage. Yeah. I didn't. No, I, I, didn't know I, 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 I remember buying some random ass vacuum sometimes because you know maybe something to go out. Oh yeah. I just grab something like and just grab something cheap. And I just remember these little little and just sitting there forever, just going. Oh my word! Please yeah. hurry! Please hurry! <laughs> How do you get this grass out of here? <laughs> yeah, like terrible. Oh yeah, but no, that that job at the the car wash, I, I had a lot of fun. We made nothing on the hour, but we made tips. So a lot of the the Nuggets players and the Avalanche players would come through there, and they'd tip us pretty well. And I, I got to do some pretty fancy cars, and I thought that was real cool. So. That was kind of my first kick into it. All right. Uh, why'd you leave the car wash? Um, I went to college. So thought I wanted to be a youth minister, kind of close to your path. So yeah. I went to yeah. went to Oklahoma Christian um, okay. over in Edmond. Yeah. Yep. Um, went there for a while, got a cr- cross-country scholarship, ran for them for a little bit. Then decided college wasn't for me. I like to have fun more than I like to do college. So <laughs> I ended up getting a job and living with a buddy and then left that job and went in to work at CarMax there in the city. And that was another, that was my second time in and they put me in as a reconditioning associate. And I went through all the programs and, uh, got bumped up pretty high over there and then got transferred to Tulsa when we moved. And uh, after that, I left there and then went to this dealership that I'm actually at now and detailed for them, um, which I stayed there for like three years. Then I went off on my own, uh, tried to do something else for a while because I was promised a whole bunch of money. If I was going to go install these refrigerators and microwaves for this guy, didn't make any money doing it. Um, but then we had my first son. I'm sorry if I'm pouring into this too fast. No, no, no. That's but, I uh, love it, man. I, so, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing. Like, I think yeah. there's a lot of people that can relate, you know, like we, a lot of times in life think that we're going to do something and then we change course and then we're not exactly sure where we want to go. Right. And so we just oh, pick yeah. up different things to try and figure out. I mean, I, I definitely relate, man, all the time. Yeah. So, okay. I went to CarMax, then went to Kevin Grover where I'm at now. Um, I left there to go do this installed job and uh, I thought it was going to be the big thing. Then my wife had our first kid and I decided that that wasn't going to work. So we, I stayed home and I went back to the detailing thing, but my wife was like, I think we should try to do it on our own. And that's when Casey detail really began. And I lived in Fort Gibson at the time, which we're back here now. All right. Uh, so hold on at that point, <clears throat> why did she say, why don't we do this on our own? Like, well, what was it that put you over that edge? Um, because I was working for myself. I was a, a 1099 contract with this guy that I was doing the installs for. Um, and I was making nothing. And on the side, on the weekends, like, so we could afford our bills, I would go do a detail on the side. And that's how we would pay our bills. Because I couldn't, I, I just do it for buddies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I started off not charging nearly enough for anything, but we were still making money that way. 
So <laughs> we no, did that. No, listen, I man, when, when I started, home. when I started this company here, I was, I was had to survive was doing details at $50 a pop. Yeah. Yeah. I no. think so, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that say, don't do it, but Hey, listen, if, if you've got to survive, you got a wife yeah. and two kids and a mortgage, like, yeah. I mean, what else are you supposed to do but except go out and find people that want their cars clean? Now, these were maintenance, and I just maintenance yeah. washed them every single week and put them on yeah. a regular cycle. So I knew I had guaranteed income every month. So it wasn't that I was doing a full detail by any means, but there's a lot of people that won't touch a car for 50 bucks. But sometimes, listen, yeah. you sometimes you got to, man, you know, do you want to eat? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so I started doing that. I watched my son during the day. She'd get home from teaching at school, and then I'd go do cars. Uh, we did that for a while. My buddy Braden over at Clean Car in Broken oh. Arrow, he hired me to be the shop manager. So I left Casey Detail for a little bit and just worked for him. And I, I learned I learned the other side of the business um, where I got to learn how to run a shop, deal with having employees kind of without having my own employees but being their manager which was kind of cool it it was a little different um it's hard not to be their friend <laughs> when you got to fire them sometimes but um but you got to get the good ones out there it's hard to do uh, but yeah working there is. yeah and there's been lots of podcasts about that i mean on this but um we we went through some people we had some really good people there i loved it i learned a lot of new tricks working there um that's when i think i first met you you came out yeah. to do something over at brayden's car wash and i was like i don't know about this guy but then brayden was like no he's cool and i was like all right so no i agree with him that was um, a long time ago and wasn't that that like little uh self-serve wash that had a uh, uh yeah it's got he, the two yeah, it was a little yep. self-serve wash that he turned into also running detail out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's cool. That was, a, that was a while ago. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I left there, and I did. I left detailing altogether again, and I went and did uh, EMS work because I thought I wanted to be on the ambulance, running around, being a medic. Yeah. Um, so I went through that for about a little while, maybe six months. And then I left, moved to Bartlesville and started detailing again. Um, so it just always seemed to come back to detailing. And I, I think yeah. there's a lot of people that can relate to that. You know, we go around and try different things, but then come back. There's, there's no doubt myself. I can relate. I mean, as there's whenever yeah. I've tried to had to go through different things and there was somebody I saw that, that put on a Facebook group post, you know, about what do you do with, you know, feel like you're quitting, you want to quit or, you know, when you want to give up, I, I mean, listen, I, so I, I think we all understand we could all be in that same, same path. Yeah. Where do you really want to go in life and how do you achieve what you want to achieve is, is gosh, one of the, the biggest questions we could ever ask ourselves. And, and you always seem to come back to detailing, which is pretty cool. So, so, so now, you know, in your journey and where you're at, you open up Casey detailing up in Bartlesville um what year was that um that was 2000 and let's see 17 yeah okay. 2017 we moved up there um i ran casey detail up there um i had a main competitor i i actually did start working with a dealer there first of all because 
I was self-employed. We were trying to buy a house. I had to provide check stubs to be able to buy a house, which being self-employed sucks at times. Bro, but then it doesn't. Tell me about it. Tell me so, about it. I mean, we're going through the same thing right now, but it's a little yep. bit better because I'm in a good situation. But um, so I worked with this dealer um, that was in Dewey, Oklahoma, which is right outside Bartlesville. Super small place, country blumpkin town, man. I mean, there's some details. I mean, just the name there. of it, Dewey, right? Yeah. Like Dewey, Dewey. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You can get pulled over with a beer and then they won't give you a DUI. They'll just ask for one. But... <laughs> <laughs> but uh is that is that from is that a true story is, is that something that, that happened to you maybe maybe uh, maybe not <laughs> plead the fifth plead the fifth I plead the fifth yeah. but uh so i worked with him and then i got i got screwed over hardcore because i did a feedlot truck for him and i quoted him a price on it and uh he's like all right well we'll see when it's done after he had approved the price that I had said. And uh, then he was like, well, I'm only paying you this much. And then I was like, I am done with dealers altogether because I had worked with one in Fort Gibson that I, he just doesn't, they, they don't want to pay all that. They used to not want to pay a whole bunch to get anything done. Um, but I was done. And then I went to customers. I had a competitor up there, Kurt's auto glass, which he, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, Kurt, Kurt's been on Kurt, before. Kurt's a good dude. Yeah, Kurt told me, he's like, man, I'm shutting down my detail because I don't have anybody right now. <clears throat> but if I'm going to send my customers to you, you got to raise your price because you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot if you don't. So I was charging like 100, 125, and 150, and I bumped it up. He's like, you got you to gotta charge like 200, 225, 250. Uh, that's cars, SUVs, third row SUVs, trucks falling in there in the middle too. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I was a little worried. I talked to you and DJ a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I did that. It really helped out that you still had that time that you were feast or famine. I mean, I was out there hustling, trying to get work. But when it gets cold, winter hits, you get no money people don't want to get their stuff done or it's just a bad time of the year nobody wants to get anything done so you're either making a lot of money or you're making nothing um but that that's not true okay i was not going out and doing everything that i could have to get customers but i i thought i was i, I had the stress of man we have three kids now um uh, <laughs> I got to take care of them. I got to take care of my wife and she's working as a teacher. Teachers don't get paid extremely well in Oklahoma. So we're trying to live off that. Um, but we left Bartlesville and cause I got this contract with a dealership again that I had worked for before. And that has kind of set everything to a whole new high. Okay. So that's interesting. You say that. Uh, so a lot of struggles, a lot of trying to figure yes. out things, a lot of, right. Trying to get through, trying to even some bad experiences at some dealerships. So before we go into what you're doing now, um, give me, give me like a two minute little bit of, you know, what were some of those issues, right? Besides the one guy that, you know, didn't want to pay you what you wanted to pay. 
What are some issues that happen at dealerships that maybe is why some detailers don't want to work with dealerships? So what are some of those, those things that you get punched in the gut about? Um, let's see. They, uh, like the, there's a dealership in Fort Gibson that a guy wanted me to spray the undercoat of his, the, this truck that he was selling. So he had me buy all this black spray paint and I cleaned up the underside of the truck. Um, and then he had told me he was going to buy that. And then he was like, no, I'm not doing it. You didn't do it how I wanted. Just kind of backed out on stuff there. Um, they always picked at everything that you did. But then also, like, even if you did a good job, they would never come out and give you the satisfaction of like, hey, that's an awesome detail. You did great. Like what you get with customers. Customers will sometimes come out and be like, it looks better than when I bought it and I bought it brand new. Or even if they just say that, it just brings your spirits up. And the dealership never did any of that. Yeah. They just kind of never do that at all. Huh? <laughs> no. And uh they, if you didn't have any work, you're just stuck there. Um, Cause at that time when I was in Dewey, I had to be hourly kind of, but I'd get paid by car uh, per car. But if there was nothing there, he was like, well, you just sit here at the desk, um, wait for a car, take calls, which uh, that wasn't my job. I didn't want to do that. Uh, he, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of dealerships out there that smaller dealerships that are kind of, they've got that car dealership feel to it um, where it's just scummy feeling. And and I'm not trying to call out every car dealership. I don't want anybody getting mad. I mean, no, but listen, Clayton, I mean, anybody that's listening to this is also going to have that same feeling. Yeah. So it's okay. So, that's why I'm saying like, it's a safe, like, that's why we want to talk about it because, because you're going to say some good stuff here in a second, but there's a lot of people in the industry that do not ever support anybody working with for around a dealership and actually have said it's bad business. If a detailer goes and works with the dealership. So, I mean, we want to get it out the negatives. It's fine. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, like, I mean, mean, it's tough working with, like, even people that work at dealerships know it's tough. You know, service managers get swapped around. They get moved sometimes six months, a year, two years is a long time for a service manager. So, you know, there's a lot of relationship stuff that you got to figure out that, you know, as you as a company being sales inside of a dealership, you know, then you got a used car manager that might be back and forth. Uh, and if they've got multiple locations, that used car manager might go from one location to the next. Uh, he might get canned. There, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in a dealership that makes people go, I'm out, right? It's yeah, t- yeah. Sometimes can be very tough to work there and yeah, or like- work around as like a vendor. You know, we, we work with dealerships and then, well, I love the people. It's just, you know, the system of a dealership sometimes makes it tough for a vendor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I left it out. I should have popped it in there. For a month, I ran and did chemical supplies with a company. And it it wasn't for me, but I got to deal with a couple dealerships. And, yeah, I mean, even in that, I mean, 
there's a lot of rude people at dealerships. Um, and that's well, but I think it it's the system, you know. Like, it, no, yeah, well, no, it is the system. I think it's the because, system. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think the people just have to do what they've got to do, right? I yeah. love the people, but I think it's just a lot of the way the system of a dealership is built, which which brings it to an interesting point of why we're, you know, especially right now, why I'm talking about dealership work is is because uh, there's this commercial that's about to drop for the Super Bowl from Vroom.com. And it depicts people at dealerships terrorizing customers, right? So yeah. I've, I've, I've listened in to then uh, on LinkedIn. I've been in different groups of trying to learn around, you know, how these dealerships and what dealer principals are thinking of this commercial. And they're, they're scared, right? So it makes yeah. a great yeah. time. It makes a great time for a detailer to go in because let's go to the good parts, right? And the reason why I say it's a good part and the reason why I tell detailers to take their time to go figure this out is because, as you know, of being around in chemicals, you know, the way we are, if you meet some of the owners that own the companies that go and do on-site work, right? Like, yeah. listen, I, I've sat in those meetings and I looked at their watch. I've looked at the way they dress. I've, I've talked to, like, they make a fucking shit ton. Of money. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking shit ton of money. Uh, we talked to Rob Schrufer up at uh, On Spot Detailing, right? He handles yeah. multiple dealerships. And I've asked him, Rob, people say you don't detail. And he says, well, have them check my bank account. Like, are we really <laughs> concerned about the detail and the aspect of everything, how specific, or are we concerned about growing a business? And yeah. is growing a business part of that revenue stream to grow that business? How could it be done at a dealership? And that's why I want to get into good parts. Uh, so what, where are you at now? Right. You said you got a contract. That's really yes. cool. And where are you at now? What's your contract for? And, and, and what's it done for your life? Okay. So we left Bartlesville because I got, I was looking at, um, we wanted to get back because my kids needed to come to school over here. Um, we wanted them here because that's where my wife grew up. So I was looking at the police academy over here or this if I could get it because I was doing the chemical thing. I looked at on site because we serviced on site and I was like, well, I'm going to try to go talk to this dealership that I used to work for Kevin Grover GMC over in Wagner. And I had a really good relationship. I left on good terms, um, talked with him, and uh, found out that he was unhappy with where he was sending his cars. They were out drinking and driving in his cars over the weekend. Um, so that so made it a lot easier. the dealership was sending the cars out to a detail shop. Yes, because right, they... So, so hold on for just a second. So there's one aspect, right? So if yes. there's if there's detail shop owners, and I know plenty that uh, they'll their volume goes up and down on retail, volume yes. goes up and down on you know customers. One great avenue, no doubt, if you own a shop, bring somebody in to do some wholesale work, yeah. train them to do that detail that you don't want to do, right? Old yeah. school or like you know a regular full detail or an express detail. But it's really a trainable position to then go set up 
agreements with the dealership. So the, the dealership, yeah. you have an agreement now had one with somebody else that just didn't run a business properly, fucked exactly. up, the, fucked it all up. You yeah. have the opportunity as a detailer to come in and take over the business. Yeah. And, and, and what, what does that business look like? So I have come in, I offered my contract with, I came in with a price. Um, me and Kevin talked and we agreed on $200 a car. Um, he, he had asked me before that, what's good details price going for what two, 225, 250 is the words that came out of his mouth. So I kind of knew where he was at and I had talked to a salesman because I had worked there before that the salesman was still there and I asked about volume. And so I decided, well, we'll bump it back because I'm going to be getting continuous work from them. And he had told me about 30 to 40 vehicles go to detail every month. And it's been true since I've come back. Um, I've been busting ass trying to get through these cars. Uh, I'm at the point where I, I'm actually thinking about, do I need to hire somebody? And, and uh, but we agreed on that price per vehicle. I came in and I talked to him and I, I said, Kevin, um, I don't know if you'd be interested. Uh, I'm trying to move back and I will drive from Bartlesville to Wagner every day until I can move back. And that's what I did for a while <clears throat> when I first got the contract and then we sold our house and everything went quick. I came here, but uh, we, uh, we agreed on that contract and it's written down. Like everything is in writing. That's one thing that it, it needs to be written down because verbal Verbal is cool in small towns, I guess. Some small towns, but not really. Uh, but yeah, you got to have everything definitely, written when it's business. Listen, just say, don't even say small towns. Just say dealership. No, like, come on. Yeah, yeah There's a reason they have contracts. dealership, yeah. <laughs> just say it, man. But, but no, with Kevin Grover, everything's been different at that dealership. Um, it Kevin's an awesome guy. Um, he... He had it all written out for me. He's been back there. He'll come check in. I, I supply all my chemicals. Um, he had some leftover chemicals that he was like, from <laughs> some of it was from when I had left back in like 2013, 2014, whenever that was. And it, I, I threw a lot of it away, but it some of that stuff is super old, but they had bought stuff just to, have for their lot porters and stuff like that, that he was like, well, nobody's here. So if you need to use whatever, use it. So, all right. So let me talk about that agreement that you have. This is, this is where I find it really interesting. Uh, there's a couple of detailers that are hopping on and here in a second, we'll hop over to the community pub. Um, but so, you know, working inside dealerships as a vendor, you, let me just put this in perspective for some of the detailers at dealerships that are listening. Clayton is basically saying you, you were them, right. And, yeah. and you figured out a way to not, not flip it on the man. Right. But to have a good business proposition for both sides. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're going to put out your work. You're going to stand behind your quality. You're going to do everything that you want to do from a business and and vice versa they will pay you for that so it's it's a really cool thing that you were able to move from you know 
to where you're at now. So yeah. in that agreement, what are your, I just want to go over some, some things real quick. This is, yeah. and I want to do this. So anybody that owns a shop, owns a mobile business, is detailing part-time, anything, right? Let's go over some core basic things for you as a business. Yes. You're operating your business. <laughs> what is your rent? Zero. I'm sorry. Hold on just a second. There's shop owners that don't quite understand what you mean. Uh, you detail in a enclosed facility with heat. And what is what is your rent? Zero. Oh, okay. Okay. I will say uh, this. What? Hold, hold on. Let me. What? Okay. What do you pay for water? Oh, zero. All right. So you got zero rent. You got zero water. Uh. I mean, electricity at some places is, is high. It's not. It depends on, you know, are they trying to cool it? You know, in the summer, it might, you know, that electricity bill might go up. In the winter, it might pull back down. What's your electricity bill every month? Zero. Zero. Huh. All right. So the biggest expenses. Wait, no. No, because once you start growing your business and you get that stuff handled, your next biggest expense is to go market towards customers to bring them in um, at this place that you have free rent, free water, free electric. And then the customers that come to see you, what's your marketing expense? Zero. Goddamn. <coughs> wow. I, yeah, I mean, I understand why you would do it but I don't understand why there'll be brand reps that tell people that that is a bad business model. I just, yeah. I just don't understand how they could then sell to detailers saying that they know what's best when that, I mean, that model, zero rent, zero water, zero electric and Oh yeah. Zero marketing. Yeah. Listen, you could literally run and do a whole lot out of that oh there's yeah. so much that can grow from it and then you got another location and another location hey you know all these people that say you shouldn't do that and you should work on corrections and coatings i bet you that you can start finding inside of a dealership people that would like their cars corrected then you'll be able to oh, find yeah. that through a service department that they might want to sell a coating right yeah. all this stuff is done for free mm-hmm that is what is the business model that is so intriguing that I don't think that detailers really understand. So that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk about it. We're, we're going to hop yeah. over to the community pub. Uh, please hang on as, as long as you want, but um, you know, if, yeah. if you want to jump over, you know, and hang out, we'd love to have you. So uh, we'll move. Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub Wednesday nights, 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy. Ooh. 